Hello again. Well, the issue of antipathy towards immigration came up in relation to the riots in Dublin last week. Uh, that was at, at, I suppose, its most extreme end. But the issue of immigration and communities' capacity to manage has come up in a more low-key way elsewhere around the country. We heard Marion Harkin during the week in the Dáil speaking about a uh, situation in Drumahair where locals had raised issues. And we also even heard Eamon Ryan, uh, the leader of the Green Party, an environment minister talking today about the need to look at the capacity of communities when making decisions about where to locate migrants. Well, firstly, we need to look at the whole issues of how we manage integration in our city and in our country, how we get that right, that certain areas aren't, uh, you know, don't have such a large number of people coming in that it's difficult for local communities. We need to balance that and get that right. And I know my colleagues, Roger Gorman and Joe Bryan, are really conscious of that and really working to try and get this right in very, very difficult circumstances. And that was Eamon Ryan uh, speaking on uh, the Today programme earlier. Harry, um, can you bring us to, I suppose, Drummer is the latest example. Eamon Ryan is referring to some of the concerns that were raised there. But what is the situation there and what were the concerns raised by, by locals and why yeah, make the floor of the doll? It, it's, yeah, it's only really come to um, attention in the past day or two nationally. I mean, to, to the extent that it has, it was eclipsed somewhat by uh, what happened in Dublin last week. Essentially, there's a hotel, a former hotel in Drumheira called the Abbey Hotel, and that has been been being prepared for the past number of months to accommodate uh, refugees from Ukraine, uh, but also those who are seeking international protection as well. I think the overall number is 155, and I think 27 suites have been prepared, but uh, amongst the 155 are 31 individual men, and th- these are all people who are seeking international protection. And as we have seen elsewhere, that's what's really caused the the um, the difficulty there. Um, the sceptre of single men arriving uh, and you get all these kind of scare stories about, you know, uh, them emerging in the community and uh, people expressing fears and tropes that they've heard elsewhere in good faith in some cases about, you know, uh, the, the potential uh, perils or dangers associated with single men uh, arriving. And most of the single men who arrive into the country, you know, 99% of them or, or more, you know, will pose a threat to nobody, you know, but uh, these, these tropes have emerged, uh, unfortunately. So essentially, um, there was a, a, I'm not sure where, where it emanated from, but this kind of uh, story emerged uh, amongst the locals on Wednesday that a, a bus carrying... Uh, these um, men was was had left uh, the centre in Dublin and was wending its way down to Drumahair in County Leitrim, and a, a large crowd turned out in the village that night. And then there was a dispute in relation to whether or not a checkpoint uh, was mounted on one of the approach roads into Drumahair. The guy, uh, the commissioner, said he wasn't aware of any reports of it. N- no, but certain some people locally and certainly some on social media claimed that a uh, checkpoint was uh, mounted and that was um, uh, vehemently denied. I was listening to them on the radio earlier on today by a representative of the residents who are concerned about uh, the the manner in which this hotel will be raised. And uh, in the heel of the hunt, what's happened is that some planning issue has emerged in relation to the centre itself. So the decision to 
house them uh, or the decision to open it up as a centre uh, for those has been uh, put back for a couple of weeks at least. I think on the, I think the same situation, planning issue around the use of the building and the change of use of the building pertains in uh, Ross Lair as well. Just before we get into with the rest of the panel, there was another issue appeared in the news today um, where there was uh, false information put into the public domain about uh, a, a vulnerable man in the city centre being somehow a person of interest in relation to uh, the stabbings that that uh, were that happened last week. Uh, it's an unusual move. That, I don't know, people, listeners who who don't deal with press offices, the guard of the press office is not normally proactive uh, in going out and providing inf- or contacting people to provide them with information. But in this case, they made an exception. They contacted the outlet gripped Harry tell us about the story yeah they, they published uh, a story that that essentially helped identify a man and um, there were kind of two aspects to it there was what was reported by gripped and then what was reported by gripped was taken and the baton was taken and and uh, followed up by pl- actors on social media and essentially what happened at the end is that a person was identified uh, as a person of interest in the case of that awful case last Thursday. And it wasn't that person. I mean, it was completely mistaken, identified. It was a a, a grievous and egregious error on behalf of... of Which they have, they, they have withdrawn the they, story. They, they withdrew the story, but the story shouldn't have got up on the on, mm. in the first place. And then it had consequences. And the consequences will have terrible implications for one individual. I, I, sure, and we, we, we won't speculate as to those consequences. But I just want to go to... Um, Kathleen, the the uh, the issue of immigration and the disturbances they led to in Dublin last week, it has led your party to put down a motion of no, or sorry, it has led your party to express no confidence in the Minister for Justice and the Guard, the Commissioner. But I suppose I've preempted my own question: <laughs> Are you going to put down a motion of no confidence? The deadline is eleven o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, has so Sinn Fein decided? There, there isn't a final decision yet. Um, so we will know tomorrow at eleven o'clock. Um, in relation to that, okay. but I suppose um, just going back to to that story, I think that it shows how important, uh, like we re- in terms of social media, like people really have a responsibility to ensure that they're sharing correct and factual information. And it really frustrates me that there doesn't seem to be any consequences. Right. People can post what they like; they can share it, share it, share it, share it. It becomes fact when it's not fact, like. I, I honestly think people really need to stop and realise that I think the story in question on, was viewed 800,000 times. Yeah, but, but when you're posting anyone, as an individual, but as a particular outlet, whatever it is, you're posting on, onto a public forum. Um, and really, I, I feel like there's, we, we heard earlier in the week as well about some social media companies not cooperating or, or not removing images or, or whatever they were asked to do. And like that is totally unacceptable as well. There needs to be far more regulation. One of the things that I think that could be done very easily is that in order to be on social media, you have to be like ID verified. There's lots of different things that you use online in your life where you have to be ID verified. And I can't understand why you can be up there with a picture of a, of a flower or a cat Careful or something. Now, you might get and a you're per- totally on You might get a personal message there from, from, from Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> but the, the issues, Harry mentioned tropes that come up at, at, at various demonstrations. So Malcolm Noonan, we have a situation where at 
almost every situation where uh, an accommodation centre is going to be put in for people seeking international protection or indeed the accommodation of, of, of um, people coming from Ukraine. But as soon as a building is identified, the words unvetted, undocumented males come up. Uh, it, it's proliferated across all social media groups and, and it's taken hold. People, yeah. oftentimes mothers of daughters, have the fear of God put into them because of this expression. Absolutely. Uh, just can I just say um, I, I brought up, uh, invited up uh, twenty three IP um, applicants, residents fr- uh, from Kilkenny for a tour of Leinster House today, and they had a fantastic day. Great men, they're really wonderful men from all over the world. Um, uh, many of them are volunteering in local tidy towns. They're involved in they've uh, the local Kilkenny Leader Partnership have set up a, a soccer club for them, and they're fantastic. And they are in fear of what's going on as well, mm-hmm. and they express their fear to me of being targeted because of their of their skin colour. And and I think. Um, but is there any way the government can proactively at least deal with some of the issue of? You know, of, of no nobody is vetted unless they they need or want to work with young people. But the issue of the the process of asylum and the level of background checks and interviews and verification of people's bona fides that's engaged in there seems to be little awareness of that. Yeah, I think that it, definitely awareness is one part of it, and and secondly, I think you know the the process of processing uh, asylum applications has is being sped up and and and. Uh, and streamlined. Secondly, I think the point that Kathleen made just in relation to social media companies and, uh, you know, I had them in with me before while I was doing the electoral reform bill, particularly in relation to part four and part five of the bill around disinformation and online political advertising. And there was huge resistance to what we're, what government is trying to do to regulate that activity. And I think it's critically important between Commissioner Mann and the Electoral Commission uh, that we uh, we tackle that in government. But I'll say as well, I think that the bigger issue around this issue around these uh, is that we do need to look at a broader issue of integration of communities. We, we used to have some very good uh, activities around local integration forums where uh, conversational English language uh, is, is taught where uh, we celebrate interculturalism through food. All of that I think is hugely beneficial notwithstanding the challenges in terms of the numbers right. that we're dealing but I do think that the, also I do I think it's important that our, our Gardaí need to be more there needs to be cultural diversity rec- uh, represented in our Gardaí and in our political system. Uh, and But uh, n- notwithstanding all of that, that the measures, uh, Hani Hoey, that uh, Malcolm Noonan has outlined there presupposes that people are in communities and being integrated. The fear that's normally generated is before people even arrive. So are communities being engaged with and given the information, as much information as possible in a way that gives them clarity on what's going to happen. I, I don't know that 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 there is. I mean, in all of these communities where we see resistance, we also see uh, more, much more people coming out with their for all and their welcome groups. And I think that's important to note that. Um, you know, but it, it, it sometimes I feel, and the groups I talk to, it feels like it's very much left up to those welcoming groups to try and bear the brunt and bear the the, the burden of a both welcoming people to the community and also then trying to defend those people to the community and those people are like their neighbours, their friends, their family members and like that's quite a lot to put on uh, you know a group of individuals but you know that's social cohesion and we all have to play our part in creating a welcome society but I do think that that those welcoming communities can find that 
sometimes that's a lot of pressure on them when they kind of feel that they're a little bit at sea and they're doing their best to both firefight um, misconceptions, myths and untruths um, that are obviously spread like wildfire on social media and um, while also trying to uh, gather together and create supports and welcome and environments for those communities. So I do think there is a stronger role. And look, this is, you know, we are, there is a, a difficulty here. I recognise the numbers um, government can't be everywhere. Uh, people can't be everywhere. But I, I, I do think that there could be better communication between right. those welcoming groups who are doing their very level best to try and sometimes firefight and create a welcoming situation at the same time. All right, Kathleen Funchen, though the, the characterisation, and again, the language is military age unvetted males is the expression that keeps coming up. I mean, military age is also working age. It's also young, but there are less threatening ways to describe people and, and the unvetted stokes a fear of the unknown. Now, how can that be addressed? So it does come down to the correct information being shared. And I think it's it's important. I would agree there with the point Annie was making that if there was maybe um, some communication or, you know, at times when something when we hear about a situation, they'll say that there's kind of a communication team being put in place and maybe that we need to be doing that like beforehand rather than when a situation arises. Um, and there is a lot, there is obviously certain people with an agenda who want to stoke up this this uh, fear and who want to create division and, and cause divisiveness in communities. And, you know, so we really need to ensure that we're out in front of people like that and making sure that we are getting the correct um, information out and that like you know Irish people for years went all over the world and, and still to a certain extent uh, you know are, but I suppose are pe- different places people and in different communities around the world would say look there are people coming from different parts of the world where the conversation and the progress on women's rights is not as far as advanced it is here people may have different attitudes towards women and women's place and as a result they fear what a large number of males from these countries how they would behave in a community. Yeah, well, I see that there. I think is is a classic, probably a misinformation situation because, I mean, like we weren't too brilliant in this country on on women's rights. We only got uh, the repeal referendum passed in in twenty eighteen um, in, in terms of reproductive rights for women. So, like, I don't think it's, it's, we're any kind it's of not great. Born, it's not borne out by the evidence. I mean, we've had people seeking international protection coming to the country for 20 years yeah. and the statistics just don't bear out that No, sure, that, and that, it, that it should allegation. be pointed out that when you look at the prison statistics, I'm just looking at, looking at that, at, you know, at, yep. in, in front of me even, the um, the number of people coming from outside the UK and Ireland yep. has dropped significantly yep. over uh, the course there, of 10 years. Yeah. Now, there is, there is, I mean, I think the argument has been made. I mean, so, somebody has to have a conversation about, you know, there are some com- communities have had to take a disproportionate uh Burden. I think somebody was saying that Dublin One area that that, that you know that that they're in, they, they they've taken a lot where the where the the more kind of well off suburbs of Dublin don't have as many accommodation centres. But the reality at the moment is that you know we're we're facing temperatures of between minus you know two and minus five. I think tonight yeah. and over the course of the weekend, Roger Gorman informed his cabinet colleagues, you know that there, there's no room left in the stable. Uh, essentially that they're running out of space. And by the end of this month, 
there won't be any accommodation to offer anybody who's coming in to seek uh, asylum. And I know that it, it offends some sensibilities, but I think it's, it's, preferenced, it's a preference to give somebody uh, accommodation in some place that's maybe suboptimal or substandard than to leave them to fare right. for themselves out in the street. And, Especially and yet, in the atmosphere that we saw last week in Dublin. And yet notwithstanding yeah, the fact that people seeking international protection or coming from Ukraine are being accommodated in tents, we've a, a text in from a listener here already saying, why are we not housing our own people first? We can't house the world and many of these refugees are single men. So there's there's a two for one in that in that single yeah, text I, I, message. That, that's, I mean, we, we're we're doing both. We are um, we've had the housing discussion, and we we are housing people. We are, and we have taken in a hundred thousand uh, people from Ukraine and over twenty seven thousand IP. So it, it, there's no doubt it's hugely challenging finding uh, appropriate accommodation and across the country. And as Harry said, uh, particularly in in terms of distribution, in terms of their ability to connect into services, uh, public transport, etc. All of this is hugely challenging, but I think it's something collectively. We have a political responsibility. We have a, a legal responsibility to to accommodate them, and I think okay. that's something we will continue to do. All right, we're back in a moment. The late debate with Colm Mungan on RTE Radio One.